Hello. Hello, hello. And it is time for hot air. Hot air. We're here. What's your name? Oh, yes. I'm KJ. And what's my name? Kadar. My name is... Well, you guys know. She already and, said it. And this is hot air. We're out of it, y'all. Yes, it's been a long weekend, but we're here. We are living life. We had to come hit you with this abridged version in preparation for the uh, Dem Thrones. Come- Dem Thrones, yes, this will be abridged. Um, we've been with family all weekend, and anyone who knows us knows we take our aunt and uncle duties very seriously. We took it to a thousand trillion. Literally, we took it to 800 billion. I I have never spun 40 pounds of human (laughs) counterclockwise and then clockwise so many times times. in my life. I've never put so many different children to sleep in a 24-hour period in my life. I just feel like we crush it on the auntie and uncle game. We really did. Real hard. Yeah, it was, it's a beautiful sight to see. Auntie Chris Pooh and Uncle Dar. Out here. Out here. So cheers to that. But we are exhausted. Mm Mm-hmm. Real exhausted. Because, woo, that life. Mm. Every time we put in a good two days with kids, we're like, woo, that's enough. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. We tried to go to lunch that one day. (laughs) See you in three months. And we just spent the entire time doing laps around the restaurant. Yes. Chasing these kids who were having the time of their lives. They were having the time of their lives. We tried to all go to the hotel restaurant where we were having our little reunion of sorts. We literally just ran through the restaurant with these children. Yeah. Discovering things. Figuring out things we didn't know were there. Playing house with the silverware. That was Mm -hmm. a big part of my time during the lunch and it's hard to convince a child like not to run with a knife when yes the child thinks it's dad or play with the knife yeah so yes we are tired but we're gonna get to it because um lots to talk about here but this will be in a bridge all right so let's jump right on in let's jump into shots but first what are we drinking i bet the people Uh could guess what i'm drinking what are the people what are you drinking spike seltzer i feel like i should get paid by spike seltzer at this point as hard as i rep it but truly it's delicious that's the brand name it's called spike seltzer it is called spiked seltzer i'm drinking my favorite flavor grapefruit nice and uh, um yes i should be making money out here well as hard as i rep it eventually eventually and what about you um, I'm on that Saison tip mm-hmm. from the one and only Allagash. We from, do love Allagash. Yeah, we love Allagash. We love Maine. Portland. We do love Maine. Yeah. yeah. So Get on that Allagash, y'all. I think it'd be more lucrative. I don't know. I feel like Allagash has been around a little bit longer, so hopefully they come with the but, endorsement. But Spike Seltzer has um, the millennials and the hipsters and the moms and the youths. I just feel uh, like they have such a broad... Yeah. I'm basically just working here. with hipsters and yeah, like you just lumber, have, lumberjacks. Yeah, lumberjacks. has Spike Seltzer has everybody. All right. All right. Well, by our powers combined. Um, and I guess our word of the day, maybe family. Okay. That's good. Okay. All right. Let's jump right in. All right. To our first family. Oh, drink. I will drink to that. Uh, the Obamas. The only first family Worth talking about. To at least grace the last 10 years. They never cease to disappoint. I think you mean they never... Oh, wait. Cease to amaze? Yes. They never... What, <laughs> they they never... Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. I was with you. Now, we've said it before on this here show. Yeah. And I'll say it again. Malia and Sasha need new friends. <laughs> they need new friends. They need better friends. And most importantly, they need black friends. Because... Every time these girls try to have a little bit of fun out here, this shit is on TMZ. 
Yeah. Case in point, last weekend or so, Sasha and Malia went to Lollapalooza and had a grand time. As any 18 to... Well, Sasha might be only like 16. As any 16 to 19-year-old young girl who just went through eight years in the White House with this racist fucking country, which we'll get to, as any young girl should, they had great, great times. And Sasha even made out with a guy. Yeah. Now listen, who among us has not made out with a random person at a random party in their youth? Just boot up. I mean, we have all done it, folks. And if you are saying you haven't, you're lying. We've all done it. Or you're not doing it right. The important thing here is, if you're a true friend of Sasha or Malia, you don't post that shit anywhere. Anywhere. Because you understand the consequences for them. Indeed. That shit, I'd take that shit to my grave. Someone could ask me point blank while it was happening, is that Sasha Obama out there making out with someone? I'd be like, Sasha who? (laughs) Uh, No, I don't know what you're talking about. I would take that shit to my grave. Yeah, no, that's true. I feel like she's surrounded by frenemies, and she needs just, like, a squad. Yeah. She's squadless at this point. She needs a squad. And they just need some black friends. And I'm not saying they can't have friends from all colors of the rainbow. They absolutely can. I just know we got to start with our foundation of blacks yeah. here. Let's just get some blacks here the so onboarding. that the blacks can set the tone exactly. for the rest of the squad. The learning curve will be shorter. <laughs> right. So, you'll have to cover less in orientation. Exactly. Get some blacks so that they make it very clear to the other friends, yo, this is what this is. You're trying to be Team Sasha. We don't take photos, okay? Mm -hmm. We don't take videos. We don't snap. We don't Insta story unless it is pre-approved by both Sasha, Sasha's secret security team. Is that what they're called? Secret service team. And Sasha's manager. Unless we get signed off from all of these parties here. We just don't take the photographic evidence. Yeah, yeah. That's simple. But I'm glad they had a good time. It did look like they had a great time. Yeah. And I'm very happy for them. And they were in Chicago? Yes. Yeah. Greatest city on earth. So shout out to them. Yeah. Um, Before we move into the fuck shit, some other news um, that's a bit lighter in nature. Serena, the queen, her majesty. Oh, yay! Caught some heat this week. Oh, no. Yeah, because apparently, okay, she was doing an interview, and I guess she said they were asking her about pregnancy and about becoming a mom, and she said something to the effect of, I'm so excited and I'm scared, but, you know, I know when I become a mom, like, I'll be a real woman, like, and I'm excited for that. A lot of people took issue with her phrasing of real woman. Yeah. They were like, oh, so I'm not a real woman because I don't have kids or I choose not to have kids. Like, are you saying only moms are real women? Like, that is very belittling and limiting and all these things. And people were upset. And I totally get it. I think the lesson here to me for Serena is just, you're a public figure. You have to choose your words carefully. That's right. Um, But... Am I going to drag her for saying it? No. Because I don't think she was legitimately trying to imply that every single woman who has never had a child is not a real woman. I don't think that's what she meant. Yeah. She was um, essentially the greatest going into this pregnancy, you know, before even ever thinking about having a baby with what I'm assuming is her true love, the co-founder of Reddit. Okay. (laughs) 
So I feel like if I were to point to any uh, counter arguments, I would have actually uh, to the to the idea that Serena Williams doesn't think women who don't have babies aren't real women. I would point to Serena Williams. Right. I'd be like, she she was doing it and showing you how to be right. a real woman for for decades right. thus far. She's the realest. Yeah. And so, was way before she decided to get pregnant. Agreed. Um, so yeah, I think that's a great point. She clearly is the realist out here. Um, so I think this is more a case of her choosing her words not choosing her words carefully, and I think people are right that when you're a public figure, you do have to do that. Yeah. Um, but I, I really have a hard time believing she genuinely in her heart believes all women without kids are not real women. No. That just seems like a stretch. So I can't jump on this, like, angry train wagon. Because obviously I'm a real woman and I don't have kids, so, like, if I really thought she meant that, I'd be angry too. I, I don't think she means that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see, though. She hasn't come out with a clarificatory statement yeah but i mean she's probably pretty tired (laughs) right i mean she's pregnant um okay that's serena um is there anything else good can we talk about jamie fox (laughs) we can it is kind of funny well let's talk about what we know about jamie fox which isn't much yeah we know he was eating he was hungry presumably allegedly hungry allegedly hungry and And, and at a i would go as far as call it hangry well given what we're about to talk about well now see but that i don't know might be an assumption too far okay as far as i could tell from the tmz investigative journalism that i read Second to nothing. I mean, TMZ is out here, and you'll never tell me differently. They got spies everywhere. Yeah. Every area code. We might have someone from TMZ living in our apartment right now, okay? Truly, they are everywhere. Hashtag, I work for TMZ. (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying. So now, according to TMZ's thorough investigative journalism, what happened was... Uh, Jameson Fox was at a restaurant called The Catch in, I want to say, L.A. They might have dropped the the. Okay. Or Catch. I, I don't know. Catch. The Catch. And he was enjoying a meal with friends. Mm-hmm. Cronies, homies, and the, and, and the whatnots. Comedian compatriots. Yes, exactly. And now, I do believe he was the most famous of the bunch, given that they didn't really name yeah. anyone else in the bunch. I think Jamie was probably <laughs> numero uno. Now, they were enjoying their meals, their appetizers, and their entrees. Comes along mm-hmm. an, an unbeknownst fellow. Yes. A fellow none of us know. Who was shrouded not, in mystery? Shrouded in mystery, who nobody knows. Okay, from the shadows. Yes, deep in the night, like deep a thief in the, in the night. Yes. Truly, he comes out of nowhere and is very upset with the noise level mm-hmm. of Jamie's party. Yeah. Now, mind you, Jamie is Jamie Fox, right? Of House Fox. Yes. First of his name. I have, I and he is known for being a loud and, and boisterous comedian fellow. Yeah. And I have to believe, if you saw him in the restaurant, you might think to yourself, "Oh, we're probably in for some loud and boisterous um, comedy and comedy dealings." Yeah, this probably isn't my opportunity to catch up on Jane Austen here in this here yes. restaurant at 10 p.m. in L.A. So. Now, things get heated because apparently this man says to Jamie et al, y'all don't want to mess with me, I'm from New York. Which, you know, is is a gauntlet to be thrown. Now, see, 
To me, if you really about that life, <laughs> okay, I don't know much, but I feel like if you're really about that life, you wouldn't just shout out New York broadly, okay? New York has a lot of facets, <laughs> a lot of parts. Are you from Staten Island? Are you from Westchester? Okay, I'm saying like... I'm out here rubbing that Upper West Soul. Okay, are you from Upper East Side? Are you from Chelsea? Because none of those things inspire fear in literally anybody. So I feel like the people really trying to come with the heat specify yeah you know what i'm saying i'm from the bronx that's true i'm from brooklyn yeah like i'm from harlem you gotta just narrow it down a little bit so the fact that he even led with i'm from new york (laughs) is a little suspect okay where in new york are you from syracuse all right sit down (laughs) um but then apparently someone from jamie's crew House Fox said, um, "Bitch, sit down. I'm from Oakland. Like, oh, you see, that's a proper call out. You that's see, like- Oakland inspires, you know, intimidation and fear in the hearts of many. Yeah, that's different from just saying like Los Angeles, right? That's like." No, no, no. Exactly. Or the Bay. Like, right. nah. Like, let's get real specific. Who are you repping right now? Yes. So, okay, so that pops off. Words are shared. And then somehow this becomes a brawl. Now, I don't know who throws the first punch. TMZ has tried to narrow it down with their footage. They've really tried to put it in slow-mo, but it's very fast and grainy. You know, it's someone's cell phone, cell phone from afar. As far as I can tell, homeboy who came up to Jamie Foxx's table. Westchester. West, right. West homeboy Chester from Westchester. <laughs> the Westchester, Westeros, uh, you know, wildlings. Came through <laughs> with the first punch, and then it all descends yeah. into craziness, and eventually the the Westchester Wildlings are asked to leave the restaurant. Okay. So, as far as I can tell from TMZ's thorough investigative reporting, that is what happened. So Jamie Fox was just trying to like enjoy a temper of shrimp, and all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying. Did he, did he get to eat the rest of his meal? Who knows? He's probably hot and bothered by then. I don't know if I could just sit back down and eat my temper shrimp. All right. Well, tune in for part that. two. Yeah, we got to get the rest of the deets. Yeah, the but, exclusive. Um, shout out to you, Jamie. Yeah. For just trying to live your life and House eat, Fox. eat your food. So that's that. Um, and then I think the last in the... Um, not sad news. Okay. Is a quick try me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just going to intersect shots with a quick try me. Yeah. And that try me is the Ozarks. Oh, yes. It's not called that. I think it's called the Ozarks. just Ozark. It is a show on Netflix, and it's great. It it is really good. We just finished the first season. Yeah. And we enjoyed it thoroughly. It has a a momentum to it that that accelerates. It's accelerating momentum. It does accelerate. I will say, by the end of the first episode, I was intrigued but not caught up. You know what I'm saying? Like, had I never seen another episode after the first one, I wouldn't have given it a second thought. I think by that third episode, though, I was, like, kind of in it. And definitely by the fourth, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well-paced. I think. Very well paid. Yeah. Shout out to Jason Bateman for I guess he directed it directed and like half of it. produced it maybe. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he had it in him. Yeah. So shout out to him. But I will say about the Ozarks, I'll say a couple things. One, you should watch it. Two, 
as every, anyone who knows me and has heard me talk about Game of Thrones knows, the reason why I think Game of Thrones is such an awesome show is because of the bad bitches. That's right. And at the end of the day, what I feel like really sets the Ozarks apart is that you see some bad bitch formation happening. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to say anyone is in full-on bad bitch mode by the end of season one, but you really see the bad bitchness percolating. That's right. You really see it bubbling up. So that by the time we get to season two, I'm expecting it to be bad bitch city. That's you know right. what I'm saying? So I feel like this show was meant for me because at the end of the day, I just want to see bad bitches be bad bitches. Right. So, I feel like Ozark is setting me up for this. Yes. I will say, Jason Bateman probably makes my top five favorite characters in the show, but I think my top two, at least, are are women. Oh, for sure. Top two are women, for sure. Maybe top three. But the thing is, Jason Bateman, I'm going to give him props for directing this shit. I think he does a great job Mm -hmm. on that. But to me, if the writers don't focus in on these female characters season two, it's a huge miss because I just feel like that's what they're setting us up for. Yeah, they set them up to be really powerful and really influential and kind of just stifled by their male counterparts. Yes, stifled. They're the only ones getting shit done out here. Truly. The only ones really getting shit done and making moves. So, And by the way, I have proposed to Kadar now, several times since beginning the show, that we should go into money laundering. Oh, gosh. And he has shut me down every time. Yeah. But I just feel like maybe I'm wearing you down. No. Okay, well. The show's about money laundering, and I just feel like maybe it could be a side business for us. My resolve has only ever strengthened. Okay, well, I'm wearing them down. I'm wearing them down. Don't worry. I'm wearing them down. I just feel like it could be a steady source of income. It could be fun. It's entirely possible that it's problematic to even be saying these things right now. Oh, okay. Yes, you're right. You're right. We didn't say any of that. Okay. Great. <laughs> um, but anyway, okay, so I think that wraps it up for the light shots. We have better. Yeah, that's right. Um, so moving on to more serious fare here. Um, there's a rise in the plague. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Today, whilst traveling back to our home, we stumbled upon a piece of news that frankly got buried underneath um, nuclear war and the KKK and the neo-Nazis. A quick piece of news saying that fleas in Arizona have been discovered to be carrying the plague. Yeah. The plague's back, guys. The actual plague that killed millions and millions of people in Europe. Yeah. This is an actual news story on ABC News. So I think, like, we're, it's starting to become clear that somebody at some point is in the cosmic entities of the universe is just like, you know what, the U.S., it, that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, we've really just had enough. Like, the plague worked the last time, so right. we're really just going to need to let's go back to the... Let's shit out. Go back to the oldies but goodies. Well, let's hope... The plague takes most of the racists <laughs> with them. Let's get rid of the racists. Let's, let's hope the plague doesn't That's take gotta, anyone. I'd have no problem with the plague taking most of the racists. Not the plague. As long as it's stuck to the racists, okay. I think I'd be all right. You need a sticky plague? <laughs> Just don't come around these parts. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Those of us who are out here not discriminating based on race, Age, sexual orientation, 
height, whatever. <laughs> like those of us who are out here just trying to live and let live and, and, and be in harmony and peace with our brethren. How about the plague stays away from us? But those of y'all who are some racist ass, punk ass, bitch ass motherfuckers, y'all can catch that plague. Okay. But maybe you can and just, keep it to yourselves. It can just, it can be like an emotional plague that, <laughs> you know, takes away all of the negative and only leaves what's beautiful about the world. Well, that'd be nice. Yeah. How about a positive unicorn plague? Hashtag positive unicorn plague. <laughs> okay. Come okay. on, please. Give us the hashtag positive unicorn. Well, yes, that'd be nice. But to be clear, I'd be fine with the same horrible <laughs> death plague if it only came for the horrible people. Well... But that's not how the plague generally works, so we should all be frightened by the fact that the plague is back. The plague is back. I don't even know exactly how we had determined that we had eradicated that shit, but I'm pretty sure we were all certain we had eradicated it. So where's this shit coming from? Could it be all these motherfuckers not getting vaccines? Could it? Okay. Could it? We, it could. Somehow. I don't. Y'all done skipped all those chicken pox vaccines, okay? <laughs> and two, two chicken pox plus the measles. <laughs> right. Is the plague. Is the plague, okay? You done skipped too many chicken pox, measles, and mumps. <laughs> and now we got the plague, okay? So y'all have y'all to blame. I'll tell you this. Here in this household, we are vaccinated, That's okay? Right. Every last Jones child has been vaccinated. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure we've been triple vaccinated because our parents lose the records. And they're like, just to be sure, let's take these mofos back to the doctor and get that good vaccination again. So... It ain't us. I'll tell you that. Yeah. We're not the cause of the we plague. We know the recipe for a plague. Yeah, we not, we're not the cause. i can tell you that right now. So y'all got to check some of your families. Get that shit under control. Yeah, learn the recipe. Um, yes, okay, so that's the plague. Um, and then Amarosa. Oh, yeah, she's... Well, she's still alive. Great. Okay. Amarosa. Omarosa? How do you pronounce her name? Um... Amorosa. Amorosa, yes. I heard people pronouncing it Amorosa the other day. Hmm. I was like, that seems weird. It That's probably just an o. trying to drag her. <laughs> well. Amalam Sam. <laughs> Amorosa was on a panel at the National Association of Black Journalists um, this past week. Now, the National Association of Black Journalists, as far as I can tell, and I'm basing this entirely on the tweets and the memes okay. and the photos that I saw, is really a gathering wherein the blacks of journalism okay. can just come together and be as messy as they want to be. It's like a barbecue? It's like a family barbecue, oh. as far as I can tell. Is it indoors That's or That's very much the vibe I got. Indoors mostly, various panels and speaking events and after our parties and happy hours, but messy. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and I get it because I'm sure most of these black journalists spend most of their professional time surrounded by nothing but non-black folks and they don't get to let their hair down. So this seems to be the one time a year where they all decide we gonna get in, get it in tonight. Got it. Now... The panel was about police brutality, as far as I can tell. Omarosa was invited. Nobody knows why. And, of course, they, because she works ostensibly directly for uh, Donald, 
they asked her about Donald's response to police brutality and how he essentially egged it on in one of his recent speeches to the police and how she felt about it and how she thought um, she would be advising Trump going forward. And she kept, uh, what's the word? Obfuscating. Obfuscating and not really answering and saying, like, getting upset that people were even asking her about Trump, even though it's your job to advise him. Who else we going to ask? Um, right. And you're here on this panel that is uh, made up of Q&A. That is the point. She got mad and apparently it evolved into, like, just an all-out shouting match. Between her and the moderator. Mm. Just back and forth shouting until she eventually, like, stormed off stage. Wow. So. Mess. Just mess. Mess. Mess on mess on mess. Well, I can't say that I'm surprised, given that I have no idea what her qualifications are in any political, journalistic, communications-related, <laughs> you know, um... <laughs> industries or sectors. Right. Right. I don't know what her qualifications are for any part of anything having to do with government, business, public relations, communications, education, history, government. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. You know, theory. We simply don't know. Current events. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Current events. Past events, present events, <laughs> future events. Right. It's just, it's unclear. Um, I mean, it's from what I do know about Omarosa, she has a PhD in mess. Like, that's that's how The Apprentice she, basically got yes, started. It's true. Is it not? She understands and thrives in the mess. Yeah, I think she generates mess amongst the best of them. Wherever she goes. And some people were dragging the organizers of the NABJ because it's like, clearly y'all invited her here for the mess. Yeah. Why else would you invite someone so unqualified to speak about anything? Yeah. Like, if not for the mess. Yeah. Now, my reaction to that is simply... But y'all know y'all wanted to see this mess. I mean, let's be real. Especially because it sounds like this is the one day of the year. This is this is like Black Mess Christmas. Yes, this is the mess. This th- y'all came for at least some amount of mess. Yeah, you came for yet another panel on police brutality, wherein every single person was going to condemn the police for being brutal to black people nah you ain't come just for that you probably wanted to yell at somebody you wanted to see what Amorosa's bitch ass had to say and she said some bitch ass stuff I'm guessing the people in the audience were not that upset that they had the opportunity to see her be the bitch ass we all know she is because if you were that upset I feel like maybe you would have skipped that panel Yeah, that would have been me I feel like if you were going to that panel for some you know like revealing discourse or nuanced interpretation of police brutality that you otherwise would not be exposed to, knowing that Omarosa was on that panel, you should probably just, like, give your journal credentials away at this point. Like, you don't know where to go to get reliable information. Right. If that's your goal. Right. I agree. So. All right. So that's Amorosa. So are we saying that she succeeded? Are we saying, like, hats mm, off? No. Oh, okay. I'll never say that. All right. I'm She's just... a terrible person. Okay. She should not have been invited. 
Um, but I get why the organizers did invite her because they wanted some mess. Okay. But if the goal of the conference is legitimate discourse, no. Clearly, Amorosa should not have been there. Yes, she's terrible. Um, she's terrible in every way. She's really making me mad. Um, okay. And our, um, I guess we should also just say this. A hashtag started trending this weekend. Hashtag trust black women. And let me just tell you this right now. Truer words have never been spoken. <laughs> black women have been out here trying to save this country from itself from literally a one day one since setting foot on the soil we have been out here toiling for this country pleading for this country working for this country voting for people we didn't love in an attempt to save this goddamn country We've been doing that since A1 Day 1, so one, just without even knowing the context, when I saw that Trust Black Women was trending, I was like, yes, somebody out here gets it. (laughs) We are trying to save you motherfuckers. But two, knowing the context, the context was essentially this. Um, There was another conference happening in Georgia, I think it's called Netroots Nation, which is just a conference of progressives. Just all the progressive folks in the land once a year get together and talk about progressive agendas. Healthcare for all, educa- better education for all, so on and so forth and whatnot. It's free college. Now, there are currently two women running for governor in Georgia. In Georgia? A black Stacy and a white Stacy. Okay. Now, they have last names, okay? But I've come to know them as black Stacy and white Stacy. Please, God, let it be Stacy Black and Stacy Black. <laughs> and um, white Stacy was um, giving a speech at the Netroots Nation convention. White Stacy? White Stacy. And during white Stacy's speech, a number of black women protested by getting up at the front of the stage and holding up their signs and like protest chanting at, you know, over her talking essentially because they feel like she's not progressive. A lot of her views align with Betsy DeVos. She's super pro, um, like charter schools and cutting back on funding for certain public schools and all these things. And a lot of people feel like, nah, that's not progressive. One of the signs, or maybe actually many of the signs that were held up during the protest said, trust black women. God. Okay. So then. And so that's how we got this hashtag, which I think just took on even more meaning once Twitter got hold of it. Because as we all recall, 94% of black women voted for Hillary Clinton. That's right. Do 94% of black women like or trust Hillary Clinton? No. The answer is no. Nobody even asked that question. That is firm no. (laughs) But do 100% of black women know Donald Trump should not have been in office? Yes. And are we goddamn smart enough to do what needed to be done? Uh, Yeah. They got to that question in in the poll. They were like, now, do you like Hillary? And then the dial tones. Right. Like, nobody nobody even... That's not what this is about. (laughs) No one even stood on the line for that. let me be very clear. This ain't about who I like and dislike. Like Oprah said, you ain't got to take the bitch to dinner. Now, she (laughs) she ain't phrased it quite like that, okay? She ain't phrased it quite like that. But that's basically what Oprah said. You ain't got to take this bitch to dinner, all right? Y'all ain't got to go have martinis together. We're talking about the country out here, okay? (laughs) We're talking about running the country. Country and black women, by and large, understood that 
if our only choices are Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, obviously the choice is Hillary Clinton. Yes. Anyway, hashtag just black women. And does that kind of bring us into our main event? It surely does. So we're, we are bridging main event slash hot air, but I think it's worth giving double kind yeah. of, you know, doubling down on, you know, the, the crisis in Charlottesville. Yes. It's very fitting. I don't know. I almost feel like I just want my entire, you know, set of time to just be like a moment of silence. I, I almost I still can't find words to describe everything that I'm feeling and mm-hmm. thinking about mm-hmm. it. The one thing that I've been kind of revolving around recently is just this being another kind of like uh, peeling back of what it really means to say what America is. And I feel like we've been doing that for uh, like a, a year now, if not the, the months that 45 has, you know, been taking up space in Washington, that we're just like finding out what we were all really talking about when we were talking about America. Mm-hmm. We were saying those words and we were pledging allegiance and we were singing the national anthem. Like this was included yeah. in that, you know, and that, we have a reckoning between the idealism of America and then what what the context was in which it was actually created and yeah. everything that went along with it and everything it tried to shroud, everything it tried to cover up, and everything it ignored for the particular people in power at the time of creating it, like, all of that stuff and just, like, being confronted face-to-face. Like, it, it is still tough, but I'm... The, the sober, it's kind of like when you finally get to a point as you're sobering up, like mm-hmm. that you're just like, oh, this is actually starting to feel good. It's starting to feel good to just the clarity, it, it, like mm-hmm. almost feels um, like the clarity of what you now, what you feel like people are really recognizing about what America is. Yeah. And or and just, you know, what like I'm personally continuing to just like develop in terms of my own clarity. Good is the wrong word, but there's kind of a relief in it because there's like this uh I don't know, there's this uh tension in being like, well, what should I believe? What could this really be? And there's I feel like relief in just knowing like full on more information, more data, what's actually there, not just what somebody's trying to tell you. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I see that. I see that. But um, in no way should this be construed with any sort of, like, happiness or anything else but just, like, abject grief <laughs> around, you know, what we're seeing right now, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I have so many thoughts and feelings about Charlottesville, but I'm I'm going to boil them down to two. The first, I think, is more, I guess, driven by, like, angst or frustration, but I just want to be really clear. I don't have it in me anymore to explain to a single white person why this needs to be your battle. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't have it in me anymore. I can't keep explaining why I should not have to keep fighting to convince people that I deserve to exist, to live, to thrive, to learn, to work, to, to climb social ladders and economic ladders. Like 
I, I, to and, be and human, to, to, to be make human mistakes. and to be thought of as human, like this can't continue to just be my work. It can't. And I can't continue to explain to white people why it can't continue to be my work. Like I, 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 I genuinely don't have it in me. It's so funny. I've commented on like this conservative, a conservative friend of mine's uh, Facebook post today. He said something. I appreciated his words. He condemning everything happening in Charlottesville. One of his friends essentially equivocated black lives matter to every, like the KKK and the neo-Nazis. And I simply wrote, this is an ignorant statement. Like I wanted to say that, but then when he kept responding, I disengaged. And I was like, you know what? I'm not engaging beyond this. Let your little white friends tell you why what you said was ignorant. Or maybe they won't, and then that'll tell me more about your little white friends. But what I don't have in this moment is, is like, the capacity to keep explaining why my life matters. Yeah. Why I get to live and thrive, be excited, be happy, be sad, be confused, be angry, be frustrated, get to live my full experience. I just don't have it in me anymore. So white people, you got to do it. You got to fucking do it. And you got to stop asking me to teach you how to do it. Figure that shit out. Like, honestly, I don't have it. Figure that shit out. So that's the piece I'm feeling that's driven more by just like angst and frustration. But then there's this piece and, and, and you sort of witnessed it last night when we were at our, you know, pseudo family reunion that's driven more really just by sadness and kind of melancholy. And it's, and it really was just being with our nieces and our nephews and thinking about the fact that like these little guys, two year old Warner, four year old Jacqueline, one year old Aiden, like these, these little guys, they're just, they're nothing but hope and curiosity and goodness and love and light. That's it. That's, that's it. And, and, and potential. And the thought that they're going to have to grow up and know that there are people in this world, in this country who want the worst for them, who want to harm them simply because of the color of their skin. Like it, it breaks me. Yeah. And I, like, because it breaks me, it sort of links back to that first part that says, like, I don't have it in me anymore to explain my humanity, to, to, to beg for it. Like, I'm broken by this. So I don't have extra words to give to trying to explain to you how you can go and tell your racist auntie why she's wrong figure that shit out. I like, honestly, I'm too broken by it to help you do that at this point. So those are my thoughts. And that's kind of all I've got. Yeah. Yeah. It's just following the, following what you know to be true and having that be an anchor in this disaster of what we're seeing day after day. Yeah, that's it. So, what we do know is that we will be able to watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> and by God, if, <laughs> if he's looking down on us, we will see Khaleesi burn something else to the ground this time around. Sorry, spoilers. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a heavy thing to think about and a heavy thing to talk about. And it's just, I hope that 
every single one of you listening has some way of, I don't know, coping or dealing that involves like being with people you love or talking with people you love or, or listening to us (laughs) or, you know, just sort of being like, I just, I feel like so often there is so much put on us to fight this fight and and we are fighting like I'm sending my faxes and my letters to my congress people and I'm gonna continue doing that but I think it's okay for every now and then for those of us who are the oppressed to say I'm kind of busy being oppressed right now like that's sort of where I am right now I hope I feel differently next week um but that said we are going to practice some self-care, watch one of our favorite shows, um, and keep living life because at the end of the day, letting someone take that from you is the worst thing I think you can do. Indeed. All right, y'all. So we will see you next week. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.